It's April 6th, and today on the show, I am coming off the top rope to discuss all of this weekend's WrestleMania moments. Then I'm going to tell you all about Malum, a new horror movie. After that, we check in on the Marvel and DC Universe. And then we have a supersized vault for you today. It's story time. All right, before we get started, I just want to talk about a new horror movie that's out called Malum. Uh, it is a wonderful horror movie. If you guys remember an old movie that came out back in 2014, I guess not that old, uh, called The Last Shift. It's this like horror demonic. It is a story of a cop who's stuck in an abandoned police station and then a cult tries to get them. It's a crazy awesome, especially for an indie film. It was wonderful. And what now Malum is a spiritual kind of reboot. It is the same writer and director of the previous movie, The Last Shift, except this time, because of The Last Shift, they were able to get a bigger budget, a bigger cast, a bigger everything, and they made Malum. And I really just got to say, I just want to shout out, yes, the movie is good. It's gory as all hell. Practical effects are wonderful. The monsters in it is once wonderful. The main actress absolutely kills it. I got to talk to her, by the way. She's such a sweet, nice lady. And then you see her and she's like, it's like hard and like, ugh. But outside, she's like, like, hello. Oh, she's so sweet. Anyways, um, it's I'd love to see when movies and filmmakers uh, are able to go back and redo what they wanted to do the first time. You know, uh, a lot of times when you're in filmmaking, especially when you're starting out, you don't get to do what you want to do. You may say, oh, I want to have this movie that's on a plane. But you ain't got a budget for a plane. So how are you going to make that movie? Ah, we're going to put it in, a, uh, in my mom. We're going to film it in my mom's room. Or hey, we're going to film it in a warehouse. Hey, we're going to film it on a bus. You know, and so I really respect when a filmmaker loves what they want to do, but knows that that's not exactly the image they wanted to, to give. And so they're coming back to it with a better story, but still respecting the previous story. And you could watch The Last Shift and you can watch uh, Malum and you're going to see the differences. Everything they changed was for the better. Uh, that's not to say Last Shift was bad. It was great. And this movie's even better. So to the cast, to the crew, I got to go to the red carpet to talk about it and to see it. And I got to say, I love when I get to see horror movies that are just really passionate, overflowing from them. The cast and crew love this movie. I love the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's in theaters right now. Malum, um, go watch it. It's a good, scary horror film. I will say, trigger warning, though. Uh, <laughs> if you are the kind of person that doesn't like spooky exorcist demon stuff, like cult stuff, don't watch this. This very much uses like the Charlie Manson, but it, what if Charlie Manson really was like actually like summoning demons kind of thing? Really messed up, really dark. Some good scares in it, some good violence. Um, right off the bat, I'm just gonna minor spoiler. The first like four minutes, someone gets their head blown off, and it's it's good. <laughs> the practical effects for for it was good. It came out of nowhere. You're not gonna see it coming, even though you already know it's gonna happen. But check it out, Malum. Good horror movie. And to the cast and crew of it, I just want to say once again, you guys absolutely killed it. I love seeing when anyone goes back and goes, we're gonna make our movie even better. I want to see more. I want to see more of the Malum verse. This whole cult thing and everything. Thing. I, I want to see more of it. And now on to the show. Welcome to the Storytime Guy with Matthew Torres, a weekly discussion about the most important events in the world of pop and geek culture. Movies, TV, anime, comics. This is your one-stop shop for all the stories that take your imagination to highs, sometimes lows, but always to a place worth discussing. I'm Matthew Torres, and thank you for joining me. WrestleMania! Today I'm with Juan Mojica to discuss WrestleMania Saturday, Sunday night, April 1st, April 2nd. Juan, great to have you. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been a fun time since the Scream episode, and <laughs> there's a lot to discuss with WrestleMania. This is two nights, it's like six hours of content and lots of matches. 
And some good matches good. too. Yeah. Good matches. Good matches. Some bad matches. Um, I don't know if you, so you've been a wrestling fan, I'm assuming, most of your life. Actually, I haven't. I really? started out in college, and the first Mania I watched was 32. I literally started watching when the women's evolution was starting. With oh, Charlotte, you got lucky. You Sasha, <laughs> Becky. Actually, I caught up a little bit on some of the previous women's stuff, and I, I got to say, they got they didn't get enough credit, which is why yeah. I'm definitely more of a fan of I, them. I, I'm meaning more, so like, my first big WrestleMania was WrestleMania 20. So I watched WrestleMania oh. 18, 19, but the WrestleMania 20 was the one that was like, I was a devoted fan of the time. I loved it. And I mean, I can just to... to Trying to summarize that uh, they had a bra and panties match for the women, so yeah, they were in lingerie and they had to the the loser was whoever got stripped from their like lingerie robes into this their their underwear. That was uh, that was the women's match at the WrestleMania 20. We've come a long way yeah. from that to uh, <laughs> the best matches of the night, Saturday and Sunday, or the women's title matches. In my opinion, I, I, yeah, right. I agree, and they had some of the best looks too. So oh, they took the looks, over. The entrances too. You had Bianca Belair's entrance where all the little girls from Compton are dancing together. I love that. The sad part about that, I don't know if you heard about Triple H crying. I did. Oh my God. That it, broke my heart. Yeah. So uh, one of the little girls, if you watched it, the contortionist, um, her mom died that morning, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this little maybe seven, eight year old little girl, uh, her mom died that morning and they're like, hey, it's okay. You don't have to do this. And she's like, no, I got to do this. Like, I worked hard for this. My mom wouldn't want to see me give up. And Triple H is talking about this. And you see he keeps stopping because he doesn't want to be a full grown, like, manly man sobbing profusely. I love when representation everything. And it's just. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that press conference part where he was holding back so many tears. And I was holding back tears. It was oh, yeah. emotional because you saw her perform and you saw, like, nothing was going on. She, yeah. They were all hitting every movement. That, oh, that opening when they hit her theme, I think will go down as probably one of the best, most important moments when it comes to representation on oh. that grand stage. Because yeah. Bianca Belair has done so much for that representation. I mean, last year she entered out with an entire marching band doing yeah. her theme. You have this year with the Divas of Compton dancing. She just keeps pushing and raising the bar, and it's so impressive. And she's such a talented wrestler, too. It's not like they're like, oh, here's a black girl. Let's give her. She's so damn good. The physicality that she has to be able to just lift the other wrestler, Asuka, in the air off the turnbuckle, the, the moves she was willing to do, willing to put her body on the line, man, she earned those spots. And I, I just like, I look and I watch it and I go, damn. She's so damn talented. And yeah. I think, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen every match ever made, but I feel like when it comes to WrestleMania, that might have been the first time in history of WrestleMania where you had an Asian versus a black woman for the title. I feel like that might have just been, in general, the first time that's ever happened. But definitely for a title that. match, because I, I only think two black women in the history have ever won the title before. For those of you who don't know wrestling, when it comes to women's wrestling, they've had leaps. Like I just said, they, you know, WrestleMania 20, uh, which was almost 18 years ago, right? I think, right? Or 19 years ago. 19, women yeah. were not respected. They were the side pieces. And over time, I mean, they, they got to a point where they were getting in trouble for wrestling good. Like if, a, if two women put on a good match, the, the managers behind the scenes would go, hey, don't do that. You're making the men look bad. They get in trouble. And nowadays, now it's like, yes, you, you, they're not like, oh God, just the costumes, everything, man. 
I have nothing of respect for the women's division. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. I think that was the best match of the entire pay-per-view. Um, yeah, so, so that's definitely a contender for the best match of the pay-per-view because not only of the story, this is a three-year-long story with yeah. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, but Charlotte Flair deserves all of the flowers in the world, in my opinion, because she has been pushing and has been one of the main faces of this mm -hmm. women's evolution. And she's a 14-time women's champion, for those who don't know. Yeah. And this reign that she's had, I feel, has been her best reign mm -hmm. because I got to collect, connect with more Charlotte, the person behind the wrestler. Mm -hmm. I got to actually see more of her. And I really do feel like when you saw her perform, it wasn't just let me do my match and get out of here, which she doesn't do. She always does her best. Yeah. But this time you felt like, wow, this is amazing. This is exactly what we've been enjoying all this time. And it feels... Like, it was obviously like, oh, okay, we knew Rhea might have won. We yeah. knew Rhea could have won. But at the same time, at the end, I don't know if you caught it, but Charlotte was smiling up at Rhea. So what, what's, your, what's your theory on this? Here's the thing. When you win the Women's Royal Rumble, you should main event. Yeah. There was controversy behind that, and I'm sure we'll address that at a later point. So I know they came out there and said, we're going to give them the best match, and they have to find a match to put after us because yep. there's no way the men are going to compete after us. And that's Amen. exactly what happened. That's exactly. exactly. Did you hear during the tag team match that the announcers had to remind people that this was the main event? Did you catch that? Michael I was like, it. this is the main event, people. And I'm like, is you it? have to remind <laughs> them? I was like, no, no. The main event was the last match. Y'all yeah. missed out on that one. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to, like, I don't think they're ever going to do that again. At least I hope not. I think going forward, if it's two yeah. nights, I think they have to respect that women are putting in the work, that they're not, they're, they're shooting for these opportunities, they're deserving these opportunities, and that going forward, if we're doing two nights, one, one main event's got to be the ladies and one's got to be the guys. And I think going forward, that's the way it should be. The ladies deserve this. They, they, they've they been showing time and time again that they are fighting. They're going harder than the men. They're willing to put their bodies on the line. Charlotte, how many times did that girl fall like 10 feet face first? At least so like two times. or three times. I mean, I woke like I thought she broke, broke her nose. nose. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> see, she, she, I think she broke her nose. And it's like the fact that she was willing to, like, no, I'm not going to get thrown. I'm going to do a backflip and instead get thrown. And I'm going to hurt myself because this match is worth it. And I think she did. I think that, like you said, I think the goal of those two, of Rhea and Charlotte, was to go, hey, we're going to put on the best match. We're going to make everyone go. Don't take advantage of the women's division again. We we mm -hmm. fucking earn our spot here. And I think they did it. I think they earned it. We'd yeah. love to see it, man. I love to see that because you have two talented wrestlers. And I think they were showing they're like, our gender is not. Don't hold us back because of this. Right. And it was so cool to see that match. Um, talking about flops, because we mentioned the main event. What did you think was the worst match of the of the we can start Saturday? What do you think was the worst match of Saturday? Wow. Uh. I wouldn't call it the worst. I'm going to call it the most disappointing because it's the match That's I feel had a lot of hype, but I just, I think it failed to deliver. And I can't believe I'm saying his name in conjunction with this word, but I have to give it to John Cena and Austin Theory because I know it was everyone that was expecting John Cena to pass the torch to Austin Theory. Mm -hmm. That match proved that I think John Cena said, you're not ready. I don't think it's time to pass you the torch. And he did his best with the moves. Again, Cena will always be a professional. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's, they, they kicked off the show. Let's be fair. They kicked yeah. off the show. You kick off the show with like 
a high adrenaline yeah, you match. gotta start high it lulls down you end high that's the way wrestling pay-per-view goes for anyone right. that doesn't know that's literally that's how their matches go if you want to watch the best matches you show up for the beginning you can skip the middle show up for the end that's their formula but i feel both nights they started off with weaker matches oh yeah because... brock lesnar versus uh yeah. umos almost almost and Omos, I, will, yeah. I think almost actually did a pretty good job yeah. all things considered you know, this is his first WrestleMania. He doesn't really get the matches. spotlight. <laughs> Actually, he's had a couple. He's had a couple, I, mean, I will say. But, for a WrestleMania yeah, okay. match, though. <laughs> well, I see where you're going. Yeah, I'm trying to be yeah. kind of to Omos. Uh, but given Brock versus Omos, I don't think it was built as well as they could have. I no. think Brock and Omos did their best to make it feel like, okay, David and Goliath. And I don't know how I'm going to F5 this seven-foot man, but I'm going to yeah. find a way. And with John Cena and Austin Theory, I think inevitably they did foreshadow that it wasn't going to be a great match because John Cena said, you just made the biggest mistake of your life on Raw and say, whatever happens in this match, if I win, they're going to hate you. If I lose, they're going to hate you. <laughs> I mean, they to me, it's, foreshadowed. I, I see it because it's like when you look at Austin Theory... It seems like both of them just took their time with it. I think with Brock Lesnar and yeah. Omos and with the John Cena and Austin Theory, it looked like they just didn't want to be there, I guess. Like, they just weren't. No, they I don't know if it was behind the scenes. Like, John Cena's like, hey, yeah. I'm going to enter. I'm going to start filming Peacemaker Season 2 in a month, so don't hurt me. And I'm not going to put myself on the line for this. Okay. And I can see that. I can also just see that maybe they were testing each other out. And John Cena's like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this to to because we no, i love john cena is the nicest guy but when yeah. it comes to how he views respect in the wrestling he can be really really mean and he will bury people and he will for this you know bury means like uh he, uh if there's You're another wrestler that's coming up career wise yeah yeah he'll 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 ruin their career is pretty much like john cena's done it before to several people he's not afraid to do it if he doesn't think that you deserve to be there he'll he'll just kick you out of there and he's got the power and popularity to do so so this definitely felt like uh, they're like, hey, give Austin Theory a chance. And then he gave Austin Theory a chance and he went, nah, I'm good. Um, speaking of, do you think that Edge and um, Finn Balor match was cut short because he got busted open? Do you? We, we agree on that one, yep. right? Like he was. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even then it was really good. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you that didn't watch WrestleMania, there was a match, Hell in a Cell, right? And the it return. was Edge. The rated art superstar Edge versus Finn Balor, the demon, right? These two guys. Edge is old school. Uh, Finn Balor's been wrestling for a long time, but in the WWE, he's rather new. Uh, both of them are great, prime of their lives, and they're wrestling. And uh, Edge throws a ladder at Finn Balor's forehead, and it yeah. cracks him open bad, like blood spilling yeah. on the ring bad. Now, 10, 15, 20 years ago, Normal. would have been the greatest thing ever. They would have shown his face, you know, pooling in blood and everything. Not in this day and age, not with wrestling right now. They're trying to be G-rated. And so... Well, they are. AEW isn't. Yeah, and AEW... Well, okay, so WWE is trying to be... Specifically, yeah, WWE is trying to be G-rated. And what happened was, because this was not planned and they don't want to show blood anymore, as the... Which, this goes to anyone that's like, wrestling's fake, not the blood it ate. Um, they they cut away. Yeah, Edge literally had nothing to do. He stood there and he's like, what do I What do? I do? Like, I can't... Because they they had they brought a doctor out. She's I think she stapled his forehead shut and like because they had to take care yeah. of that because they couldn't have him bleeding in the ring. And then he yeah it's it to me it was like just like looking for weapons and stuff. And then all of his moves going forward, he's like, well I can't drop you on your face because I could bust your open. You know yeah. And it felt like the re, like the match really was supposed to be really high intensity. 
And then when Finn Gallagher got busted open, the match went, nope, not that no more. I don't know. I feel like the story was there. So the story was excellent. This is the first time Hell in a Cell has come back to WrestleMania for years. It's a huge deal. They brought back the old cell. It's no longer red, which a lot of people complained about. So there was a lot going into it. The entrances were very interesting. I love what Finn did. (laughs) Interesting is the right word because Finn, when he brought out the purple smoke, I was like, that is dope. That is amazing. Edge, I literally saw him. I was like, King, I love you, but your headpiece is looking like the skeleton disco ball from Scooby-Doo live action. Uh, Like from Spooky Island. (laughs) Yeah, because they were trying to do like the brood thing without him going full brood, which is interesting. They gave him something. They gave Finn something while they were stapling him to like trying to let him continue the match because one thing i will say about finn balor again he's one of the people i started being coming a fan of when i started wrestling mm-hmm. he will not stop a match he will no. keep going when his body is out fine he's done but even with his head being cut open because he had a literal ladder thrown onto him if you yeah. think that's fake take the ladder shot that edge gave and then tell me it's fake but he said i'm gonna keep going let's just fast forward it a little bit so edge went around the ring throwing stuff around because he had to buy time. He can't yeah, just stand there. Yeah, you have to buy there. time. You have to do something. And they literally yeah. were like, cameras on you, Edge. Good luck. We can't take the cameras off you. And he's like, oh, shit. But and, he's a veteran. The, he knows yeah, how to get through this. So he's been busted open. Edge has been busted open. Literally, there you could just Google Edge or Finn Balor busted open. Or it was Prince Devitt, as Finn Balor used to be called. And there's there's pictures of him. Their literally blood is coating their face. They're not. They're both tough guys. And they were both like in their prime of, I'm okay with this. It's the WWE that was like, no, 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 no. You guys can't. And I think that bothered Finn because you could tell he was, he was like, hey, let's keep going. And Edge was like, oh, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to bust you open again. It was, I think it made yeah. it a little uncomfortable. I hope we get another one. I hope that just for the sake of it, I know that was supposed to be the final match, but I hope for the sake of it, we get something else. So Latinos, we had to talk about the Latino match. The, the Latino World Order came back for this and everything. Oh, yes. Rey Mysterio versus his son, Dominic Mysterio. For those who don't know, you've probably heard the name Rey Mysterio. You know who that is. Rey Mysterio, uh, his son is now old enough to wrestle. If that one makes you feel old. If you remember the old Eddie Guerrero, Dominic Mysterio matches from uh, early 2000s. Yep. For little Dominic's there. He's a grown man. He's like 25 years old now. Um he wrestled. He's a bad guy now. He, uh, to put it plainly, he got in with the wrong crowd, which is uh, pretty much falling in love with this crazy white girl. <laughs> and he, yeah, he was just yeah. pretty much, uh, yeah. he's a bad guy now. And, you know, he told his mother to shut up, which, like, I think every Latino on the planet, when he told his Latina mother to shut up, I feel like everyone's like, oh, no, she's going to kill him. And... Uh, yeah right like <laughs> like that meant and he did it again and i think the best other than their entrances we'll get into the second i want to say ray mysterio whooped his boys but literally he took off his yeah. belt got his son in the corner and spanked his son in the ass with a belt and i don't know if you know look at the, all the audience members but every latino man in the building stood up and cheered <laughs> every latino latina latina who saw that moment not only identified with what what they wanted Ray to do, yes, but in a way we're like, oh yeah, that that could have been me if I did half of the things yeah. that Dominic did. <laughs> they need to save something for a rematch. Yeah. To be fair, it wasn't great. I don't think Dominic's an especially great oh, wrestler. Um, but Ray Mysterio, they, I mean, they were wonderful together. They they the story built up. Um, 
it was, it was a really good match. It wasn't the greatest match. Dominic still needs to, you know, he needs to hone his craft. He needs to be a little better about things. But together, they were great. It was a, it was a really good match. My opinion. I don't know. What do you I think? I don't know. I loved it. You loved- <laughs> I loved it. I actually really have a lot of respect for Dominic. He's mm-hmm. done, as a character, yeah. oh, as he's taken something that shouldn't work for so many other people, but it does. And I agree he maybe needs to work a little more on the mic. So he's still starting out. He'll get there. That I know for sure. And I think with the right people, he'll be able to find his footing. But when it comes to the match, that Lucha style is not easy to dominate at all. Yeah. And he does it quite well. So I think throughout the years, we're going to see someone who could eventually end up in the main title picture. I think the match itself was great. I mean, come on. We knew that the family was game when he threw a drink at his sister. Yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah. He got her drink and threw her to reel his dad in and then send him into the post. Yeah. That's good storytelling. I'm sorry. They did a really good job. Obviously, I feel bad for the sister who got the drink in her face, but someone got payback for her. Miss Angie. You don't mess with Miss Angie. Miss Angie Mysterio. You don't mess with no, her. No. And the thing is, too, is that like, so... What I love about that whole bit uh, and like the the build up for it is that Dominic did the six one nine. He did his father's move to his father. In wrestling, yeah. when you do someone else's move to them, that's the biggest slap to the face. When you as if you do your father's move to him in a wrestling match where there's veracity with each other, yikes. Um, yeah. So so we did that. Let's talk about the main events. Um, I did not like either main event. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, I thought the tag team match. We'll start there. Tag team match. Were you let down by it? Did you think it was too slow? These are things I feel, but. (laughs) Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. Some of the most talented people on this roster, especially Kevin Owens. I really love him. I think the match itself it was a little slow. I did find myself looking at my phone from time to time, Mm -hmm. and that's nothing on KO and Sami. I think it's more i'm sorry to say you know how there's superhero fatigue right now with some movies i think there's bloodline fatigue because this godfather storyline i think has gotten to the point where so many people are just like all right don't ruin it and end it while you can and preserve it and try to do bloodline 2.0 later but no they kept it going i like how they took the belts off the usos the tag team division was suffering they needed to take the tag team titles off of them and the Usos, legendary reign, one of the best tag teams ever for the company, along with the New Day and so many other great tag teams I can go on. But they're one of the best, essentially, for this new generation. Now, night two's main event. Sunday night, uh, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Um, spoiler, Roman Reigns. So the Usos lost. Uh they're part of the bloodline with Roman Reigns. It's like this Hawaiian family dynasty. I felt, and I think you probably agree, they should have ended the bloodline. Usos losing, Roman Reigns losing. That should have been the bloodline. Move forward with everyone's careers and the story. Because um, it's been going on for a freaking year. It's enough. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> and then Roman Reigns uh, retains the championship belt because, uh, oh, what, the Usos came in. Um, and then, um, uh, I always forget Umaga's son's name. He came in. Solo. Yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman got involved. There was tomfoolery and shenanigans. And it, you're like, look, I get it. Sometimes that works. You know, like Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank at the last minute. That works. Sometimes there's cool ways to end a WrestleMania match that doesn't feel like the audience were cheapened out. Like, we all like a little bit of a screw job. 
but not this. This was a clown fiesta. They're literally, so Usos and Sammy and Kevin all come and they punch each other and they're like, all right, time to get out. And so like pushing each other out of the ring and they're like, eh, okay, walk 10 steps. Yeah. You're like, what is go what is going on here? Uh, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I guess they're probably going to be building up for like Usos and Roman versus um, Cody Rhodes and Sammy and Owens, I guess. Well, Roman's taking time off. That I know. I think it's a part-time schedule, so I don't think he'll be coming to Backlash. So why didn't he lose the belt? Because they're going to put Solo in his place, because Solo's nobody the one who technically wants, cost Cody. Nobody wants that! I'm trying to make it from the logical perspective. Nobody I'm thinking wants... of my booking. I I, I feel like that's like the Randy Orton Triple H thing, but just way, way worse. I He's not good on the mm. mic. He's not good in the ring. Like, he's he's all right. I feel like Roman Reigns is, to be perfectly honest, I don't think he's a very good wrestler. I don't think he's ever been a good wrestler. And you watch him, he's sweating profusely. He can do one wrestling move, then he's going to take a break. And he's got to, so the match is like, boom, ha, ha, woo. And, he, you know, he's trying to play to the audience because he has to, because he has no stamina. And I'm like, you've been wrestling for like seven years now, bro. How do you not have stamina to do these things? And I get it. He's had personal medical issues that have like gotten in the way of this. Yeah. But like... It's just not, I, I get it and it sucks, but from an entertainment point of view, I wasn't entertained by that. Cody Rhodes carried the hell out of that match. And yeah. I I feel like Cody Rhodes should have won it. This should have been the end of the bloodline, but more shenanigans, tune in next time. And I'm like, look, WrestleMania is when you add, you end storylines. That's just the way it should be, the way it has been. You end storylines at WrestleMania. Is there anything you want to call out or anything when it comes to this uh, WrestleMania? Yeah, I, w I would have loved to have seen Cody win because of the whole finish the story angle they were doing yeah. and completing Dusty's dream and he could have brought out a new title and we could have finally split the belts so the two divisions could have champions. I get that they want to get Roman past a thousand days and a thousand days is going to be like at the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view of King and Queen of the Ring. I think the problem now is Cody was one of the best bets left. Mm-hmm. Who do you get to take the belts off Roman that people can believe in? It's I, I, it's I know who runs. Just they're going to delay I actually it. disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think the time for Cody to win was Mania. I now, mean, if Cody wins afterwards, doesn't feel. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I'd love to see Cody's going to win it. I don't know what they're thinking. Once again, this seems like they're putting their bias and love for a character that nobody likes over common sense, which is what they always do. And I can't say I'm surprised. I lived through the Daniel Bryan era where that man should have been the champion years and years and years. And they finally make him. And then by the time they make him champion, he ends up breaking his body and he can't do it. So I just don't want to see that again. Um, but WrestleMania, it's on Peacock if you want to rewatch it. And that's the WrestleMania recap. Um, finally, last bit of uh, also, if you want to see Bad Bunny, he's in the Rey Mysterio match. Uh, minor spoiler. Yeah. Uh, always recommend this, even if you don't speak Spanish. If you're learning Spanish, watch Wrestle WrestleMania in Spanish. The Spanish announced team is so damn good and entertaining. They are funny. You don't have to speak Spanish to even understand them, because I'm telling you, they're, you will feel their passion and their drive and everything. They're hilarious. Yeah. They're great. Um, and that's the, that's the WrestleMania recap.
this week, the future of the DCU became a little clearer as it was announced that Blue Beetle, Flash, and even Shazam may continue to be part of the universe in the future. Well, over at Marvel, the future is less clear with their departure of Victoria Alonso and the arrival of the Secret Invasions trailer. It's a little complicated, so let me, I, I'm gonna explain it to you. I'm gonna clear things up and I got my guest, the best guest, uh, Carlos, to help me. I'm the best. No, I'm the absolute best. Every other guest. I think yes. we're like, don't hurt the feelings of anyone else that's been on this show. Like I was. No. And Josie's been on the show and she claims that she's the co-host now. But Josie, get off my turf. I'm the best guest. <laughs> so, Carlos, um, yeah, let's let's start with it. We'll do a quick. We'll keep this, you know, short, simple to the point. Um, so uh, we'll start with DC, the ups and downs and hopefully the ups again. Um, what yeah. do, you, do you think DC is going to be able to compete with Marvel in three years? I think the the advantage that DC has is that they are now planning to incorporating HBO and TV shows, and they're going to do it all. They're going to do theatrical, whereas Marvel seems like they had a plan, and then Disney Plus interrupted that plan. Yeah. So they had to kind of like come up with new stuff for TV, whereas it feels like James Gunn, Peter Safran, they're all starting at the same point. And mm -hmm. so I think you got an inside scoop about Blue Beetle and about the future of DC as far as what's going to be incorporated, right? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to shout out to Warner Brothers. They reached out to me. I got to go to the Warner Brothers studio lot. It was the coolest thing. I got to see the Blue Beetle trailer early. Uh, I got to be like the Latino content creator. Everyone else was a journalist. I got to be like the Latino content creator who was invited to, to interview Manuel and uh, Angel Manuel Soto, the director of Blue Beetle. And I got to meet Sholo Marudena, who is the star of Blue Beetle. Um, and it was there we asked questions. I asked way too many questions that I knew they weren't going to answer because it's like spoiler stuff. But they did give a lot away about the future. So they confirmed that Blue Beetle is supposed to have a trilogy. When they wrote Blue Beetle, they plan to be the first of three movies at least they planned for blue beetle to have more shows and movies and he also said this was the plan for for shazam for everyone that going forward because blue beetle shazam 2 and the flash are the end of the snyder vs. dcu era which he confirmed they call it the dcu uh they never mm -hmm. called it the dceu they call it the dcu so dc cinematic universe now he said, but it's important to know, and he's like, and I'll be honest with you guys, if the movies don't do good, we aren't getting a sequel. He's like, so if you wanted more Shazam, you had to support support Shazam. If you want to see more Blue Beetle, when it comes out in theaters, you have to support it. If it does good, they'll keep it. It's the same with the Flash movie. If the Flash does good, they're going to keep Ezra Miller the Flash. If not, they're probably going to reboot it. The Blue Beetle's the same way. They want Blue Beetle to succeed. They have plans for him. But if this movie doesn't do good, which I, I think it's going to do really good for several reasons, the biggest of which is it's the first Latino superhero movie, you know, that they're like, hey, like, look, money, money makes the world go around. You want Blue Beetle? Go support it. If it doesn't do good, it ain't going to be here. And I think that's the way DC will start off with. I think the few of the things like Peacemaker and stuff did good. They're going to keep it. Stuff that didn't do good, they're going to get rid of. And I think we can just use that as a blanket kind of assessment of what's going to stay and what's going to go what did yeah. good critically financially staying what didn't do good it's out the door um shazam didn't do it bombed it bombed hard it bombed. It bombed hard yeah i think what alarms me about what you just said is that listen when kevin feige does a marvel film mm -hmm. he has 10 chapters plotted out right 
And if chapter two doesn't do well, it doesn't impact chapter six. It's not, but what you're saying about DC is listen, if Blue Beetle doesn't perform at the box office, if it performs like Shazam, then that's going to impact whether or not we see Blue Beetle two or Blue Beetle three. Yeah. But the thing is, that's part, that's a chapter in this overarching storyline. And that's the concern I have is that it's so predicated on what the, box office returns are whereas marvel has at least the commitment they say we're going to tell this better phase, <laughs> right for better or for worse <laughs> yeah. for better or for worse they have a vision for a phase and that phase is one through seven and those seven different chapters are whatever films those might be but at least they're committed to that right i'm and hoping that's what i want to see from gun and saffron is i want to yeah. see that vision you know i think we're getting that i think this is only entails the back end of the Snyderverse. Gotcha. Blue Beetle, yeah. Flash, and Shazam. I think those are the only three movies affected. I think going forward, like, look, Superman fails or bombs, they're doing Superman 2. Batman, right. Brave and the Bold fails or flops, they're doing Batman, Brave and Bold 2. I think this is right. just for three these three movies that this is yeah. this is really important for them. Shazam yeah. looks like it didn't do that good. Um, I mean, and also to jump over to Ant-Man Quantumania, um, that killed that franchise. He, he, Ant-Man's not getting yeah. the fourth movie. He... Bob Iger came out and was like, no, just because a a superhero has a movie doesn't mean they're getting a sequel anymore. Like, if there's not a good story, we're not going to tell that story, which is. Yeah. Ant-Man's done. Yeah. Ant-Man's done. And and we could probably discuss Victoria Alonso with that because the CGI was pretty bad. It's been ridiculed. And so that's part of the reason why it's done. Yeah, Yeah. she was in charge of that. But what isn't done is the, the Kang. Well. Jonathan Majors troubles aside. We don't know what that is. Yeah. I won't discuss that until I leave. Yeah. Right. I we so we have the facts and honestly, like my major concern with any domestic violence abuse isn't what the cinematic world is yeah. affected. It's it's about the the victims of that. That being said, Kang is still going to continue on. Yeah. Ant Man isn't, right? Or at least Ant Man in solo films isn't gonna because that movie just is killing that, right? Yeah. And even Thor Love and Thunder, it feels like or I like the Lord Love and Thunder, but I get that the majority of the world did not. I get that it was yeah. too much Taika and it kind of ruined Thor and it looks like Thor, Chris Hemsworth, especially after his diagnosis of, you know, um, that he has a sickness that he's not coming back or if he is, he wants to just die off. So I'm like, yeah, it kind but, of feels like the MCU is falling apart before our eyes for a variety of reasons. Sure. The MCU. I mean, if, if it's falling apart, 30 films in and a bad a run. remarkable run. Yeah. Remarkable. Well, so, so the rumor yeah. is that, and I have it on good authority that, our MC was rebooting uh, come 2028. So okay. uh, the plan is, is that they believe supposedly, and I heard this from a very reliable source, uh, multiples that they don't believe people are watching Mars MCU movies anymore in the aspect that they don't believe someone's going to watch Iron Man and Captain America and the Hulk and Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're not going to watch all 30 films to get to where they need to go. They don't believe mm-hmm. that. I disagree with them, but that's how they feel. So sure. going forward, when they get to Secret Wars, after Secret Wars, and supposedly there's going to be a third Avengers movie after that. So there's Avengers King Dynasty, Avengers Secret Wars, and then Avengers Forever. Uh, supposedly that's the final. Everyone that's in the current MCU is gone. They're all, they're all, okay. all the characters are gone. Yeah. All the stories are ending. They're all done and over with. And they're going to reboot the franchise so that new people can come in and go MCU and they watch movie one. There's no longer, it's not going to be phase 10. And I like I said, I get it. It it does kind of feel like a blow to 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 like the fans that have been there for all this time. But the comics did this. I respect it. I think that there is a we should turn it over, you know. And 
I think Marvel is smart enough to do it well. I mean, we still have X-Men waiting in the wings. Yeah. Like, we still haven't seen what they're going to do with it. We still don't know what Fantastic yeah. Four is going to be. Like, there are still heavyweights that Marvel hasn't gotten to play with. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for both of them. Um, obviously, the what we've seen so far from Marvel post-Avengers Infinity yeah. kind of feels like there's... They're grasping at straws, but they're wimpy. Like, if I, it feels like a limping dog. I think there's a big ideology difference of how they're going to do content, right? So DC, James Gunn has said, you have to watch the shows going forward. That sure, we're going to sure. make shows and they're going to be important. Just as important as the movies. Great. Whereas Kevin Agreed. Feige yeah. and MCU, they're like, no, no, no. We want our shows to be so forgettable that you don't need to watch them <laughs> for the movies because they don't think people are going to watch them. Like, what kind of mentality is that? Like, hey, remember that show? Right. We're not going to even reference it. Don't worry about it. You know, at the end of the day, it's DC Marvel. Um, I think DC's on a good track. I trust James Gunn. I like his movies. I like his production work. I like his producing credits. I trust Peter Saffron. We wouldn't have Blue Beetle without Peter Saffron. MCU feels like it's a nice house that's falling apart and they don't know what to fix first. Because um, you're like, oh, what a beautiful mansion. Yeah, the plumbing is fucked. <laughs> And the Flash looks amazing. The Flash yeah. is really getting good reviews. Uh, all the early buzz about it is really great. It's by the same. It was uh, there's a script version that got filmed that is written by the directors of the Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. film, which did very well. Same guys who did Game Night. Like this is like I think the Flash might turn it around. The Flash is followed quickly by Blue Beetle. Like you're right, they have momentum. Let's see if they can sustain that momentum. And also, yeah. just saying, the Flash and Blue Beetle are both uh, directed by Latinos. Just saying, just saying, they both look really good, better than Shazam. <laughs> and I, I say that this with all Shazam. honesty. I like Shazam too. I thought Shazam: Fear of the Gods was a good movie. But anyways, look, what are your thoughts on it? Hit us up. Tell us whether you love DC, you love Marvel, whether you're like, no, Marvel's the best and they're going to. Well, we'll see, I guess. So today, welcome one and all to the all time segment, or as we like to call it, The Vault. Every episode, I put something in the vault so that we can preserve a piece of art, movie, a book, a graphic novel, a poem, a sonnet, a bonnet. Uh, today, we have my guests, Carlos and Juan. Um, I'm excited for this. I know Carlos already has one. He's ready for this. Carlos, what do you want in the vault? Today is April 6th. So um, something that uh, I'm going to put in the vault, which may or may not stay at the end of the year with the vote. I doubt it will stay. Uh, it's Alexander Payne's uh, election uh, because it is the first movie that my wife and I saw together. And today is my wedding anniversary. So oh, this, is, congratulations. Oh, this is just straight me log rolling to make uh, bonus points with my wife. Uh, I am I, using, I, I, I'm using the show for this. Yes. So there you go. Can, can we get also, can Santi, can you put on some like beautiful audio mixing right here? Can we have like a really nice, like pretty, like tell him your song and then we'll try to find like a public domain version of that song. Oh, perfect. So we and can we'll, get it right here. I'll send you some wedding photos and we can just like gloss them over. Exactly. Yes. We've ambushed Juan with a totally romantic themed vault. So April 7th is my grandfather's birthday. I have missed him a lot. It's been years since I've seen him. So I'm going to put in one of his favorite shows for his birthday. And I'm going to put in The Nanny. He loved The Nanny whenever it was on. He sat down. He watched it. It was kind of like his version of a boost of serotonin. It always made him laugh without fail. So I'm going to put in The Nanny into the vault. That's awesome. Look at us. Look at us being all sweet in the row. It's not even... Valentine's Day is already long past. That's really sweet. 
Yeah. I like it. And that's it for the all time segment. Thank you, everyone. And remember, if you disagree or you agree, if you disagreed with us on this one, how dare you? Do you not First like love? Off, Come on. Yeah. yeah, I know. Do you not like love? Someone's like, I hate love. Anyways, uh, yes, if you agree, you disagree with it. Don't disagree with this, though. Um, find us on social media. Tell us what you want in the vault. I love hearing what you guys want in the vault, what you guys love to put in there, what you want us to put in there. Uh, so far, I, I just feel like there, I have a list and everyone has to be at specific times. And so we'll get to those when we get to them. But for now, thank you guys so much for uh, the all time vault. Okay, everybody, I thought for the closing today, I would read you some beautiful poetry from the art of John Cena's music. I need to go get my tights and get to the ring. Thanks to Juan and to Carlos for joining me today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow me on social medias at the Storytime Guy. And as always, everyone, have a magical day. The Storytime Guy podcast is a production of Sonora Media. It is produced by Carlos Arenado, mixed and engineered by Santiago Sierra. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.